Praise the Lord, good morning and welcome to this service. Coming to you today from the campuses of Walkfine World Outreach Church for All Nations in Lawrenceville, Georgia. I want to welcome all of you that's coming from far, or rather that's coming from far near and also watching through your various platforms and devices. We welcome you this morning for sharing this Sunday morning with us. We thank God for you. We bless God for you. And we pray that something that God will say through us today will set you on your way, establish you, and curse you to flourish in the courts of the Lord our God in Jesus' name. Amen. Today's a very, very unique service. Thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Today is a very, very unique service. As you know, our vision in this house is building strong families and serving global communities. And we know you cannot build a strong family, as Dr. D pointed out to us a couple of weeks ago, if money is lacking. Amen? So money is an integral part of building strong families. And so today, after having been teaching on financial freedom for weeks now, we set today aside for what we call at work fine kingdom conversation. For those of you that's joining us for the first time for a kingdom conversation, let me set the stage. Kingdom conversation is a forum whereby those in the congregation, either in presence or through digital means, will get a chance to send us questions regarding a body of truth or a theme that we've been teaching on for the past several weeks. So in this case today, we're going to have a kingdom conversation as regards to financial freedom. We just want to keep on teaching and teaching and teaching and teaching, talk, 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 talk. We want to take a seller moment, a pause moment, and allow you to interact with us to make sure you are understanding what we're saying. Because our goal is not just to give information. Our goal is to give impartation. We want to have impartation in your life so that your life will never, ever remain the same. Amen? So joining me today for this kingdom conversation I'm going to have with me, uh, those who uh, share the platform with me in this teaching, uh, Pastor Larry Omanaye and Dr. D. Amanzi. If you just please come to the platform. And as they do so... Amen. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Glory to God. <clears throat> Amen. And as they do some, let, let me just give some uh, uh, house cleaning rules here. The questions we're going to take today exclusively must and will address financial freedom. So we are not taking questions outside of that scope. Please, I just want to make sure everybody understands that. So please, this is not the time to ask questions about your cat that is sick, and so forth and so on. Uh, we will deal with your cat being sick some other time. Praise God. But right now, let's address the questions regarding financial freedom. And welcome, Pastor Larry, and welcome, Dr. D. It's good to have you guys here with me today. I'm not the only one on the <laughs> firing squad. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> we get to share the bullets together. <laughs> Amen. We pleasure. And so when we began uh, this series weeks ago, uh, I, 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 I led out with a story of a missions training school. And I told the story how we ran this uh, missions training school for six weeks at a time, at the end of which all the participating students had to take an outreach. And I was saying to you that from my experience, throughout all those years and all those trips, none of those students who came to class lacking the resources ever lacked the resource to take the trip. Amen. All of them, to the glory of God, by the grace of God, through the things they heard, were able to have a paradigm shift in their head, and at the end of the day, all of them were able to take the trip because God met their needs and provided for them. Amen. What did they hear? The same things you heard. Number one, that God is the source of everything. He owes everything, including you and I. Number two, that you and I are managers or stewards. Number three, that money is a tool to prove me and you in the area of our faithfulness, to help train us 
to become faithful. The way you handle money will tell us a lot about you. And then, of course, we address the issue of the big elephant in the room, tithing in the Old Testament versus grace giving in the New Testament. And by the way, I need to make a side correction here. It was brought to my attention that during those teachings, Pastor Larry, that uh, when I started talking about grace giving, at some time there, I interchanged grace giving and tithing in the New Testament. That is not supposed to be so. Tithing was Old Testament era. In the New Covenant, under grace, we give grace giving or an offering, whatever you want to call it, other than tithing. Yeah, you can give in percentage. That's fine. But you just need to know that God is not requiring of you tithing as we know it mandated under the Old Testament. Today, God encourages us to give hilariously, generously, but to do so because of the empowerment he's given us through his grace. Amen? Amen. And so Pastor Lani came after me and talked about the uh, younger people. And I really like what you said, my friend, about how the first things they need to understand is the issue of the heart. Mm. Because that really drives everything. Uh, and, and that's not just for the young people. It's for all of us, actually. And then, of course, Dr. D came and built on that. And so this morning, we're going to give you guys a smuggler's board. A buffet, if you will, <laughs> of some sort. So let's, let's get it on. So let's, let's, that sets the parameter for the questions, and uh, uh, let's, let's, let's go. Let's go from there. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Are there any questions in the room here before we go online? Since you guys bravely to come, we want to honor you. So many times, we may lack some knowledge and um, how to do about things. And as you said that, um, <laughs> and um, I have witnessed that um, this church particularly has played a nominal role in our lives. Those who don't appreciate it may not understand it, but I understand it from the point that. It is not only when Dr. T comes to open our eyes or say my eyes, but I have considered so many things that the church has done in terms of developing and then, you know, grooming us for a better person. I want to especially thank Dr. T Amen. because I, I don't know how to say it. And also thank the pastor for giving him that audience. I mean, the, the power to do it. Yes. You all know where I'm going. <laughs> I feel that um, sometimes ago, about how many years ago, this same idea was shared between, I think um, that was Dr. Kundehu and then the solar many of you who indulge in that teaching that um, so many people benefited on how to you know improve get a good job and things like that okay no if you are not following it okay face this <laughs> <laughs> my, my hands up if you are not in that shoe you will not understand or you will not appreciate it but to some who are just kind of um, following it on daily basis understand where i am going because definitely, I strongly believe that I am going to get something out of it. I am going to be a beneficiary Amen. to this particular one we are talking about today. Please, for those of you who are watching online, <laughs> tap into this. It is not a waste. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Dr. D. Thank you, Pastor Larry. What are you going to thank Dr. D for? Dr. D has just opened my eyes. There you go. And um, well, <laughs> the better days is yet to come. But Amen. I know that I will definitely benefit even more than what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so, so you are once blind, now you can see. <laughs> super, super, super blind. And, I mean, let's get it right because most times, when they call you online about doing a particular thing, you may not understand. But 
if you are one of the feared ones that um, maybe online calls and all these people who are bombarding you, oh, why don't you do this? Oh, why don't you do that? Sometimes you may be scared, but coming to open your eyes and say, look, this is A, this is B, this is exactly what I'm talking about, kind of why open our eyes and them. I really tap into it and them. Well, as time goes on, or as things change, you will see my uh, level will change. Amen. Yeah, level will change. <laughs> Amen. On that note, Dr. D, I, I want to put a question to you, and I'm going to, I'm going to, um, <clears throat> let, let me set it up. After the second session that you gave, one of the brothers that came to service that day, yes, caught me in the foyer in the Friendship uh, Avenue. I said, Pastor, Pastor, stop. I need, I need to share something with you. I said, okay. Uh, he said, I want you to know that after Dr. D shared on the Move platform, Men of Valor and Excellence, and excellence yes. the men's ministry, yes. that after you shared with us, he trusted God and prayed and took $5,000 and put it in an investment portfolio based on what he heard you say. And said, Pastor, the thing works. <laughs> it works, it works. Hey, I can tell you it works. I said, really? He said, yeah, it works, it works. I mean, this brother was excited. Amen. Now, I'm saying that to say this. You share with me that one of the big difference in those who create wealth versus those who talk about wealth but don't create it is the attitude of being prompted to do. Do you remember that? Yes, sir. Can you speak to that, please, sir? <laughs> Actually, I uh, want to give all the glory to God because it is through the entry of God's word into our hearts, into our spirit, that brings about a change. Amen. There are amazing benefits we have in God, but the biggest obstacle has been our not being aware of what God has laid in store for us. Amen. Once that attitude changes by the grace of God and through the word of God, you will be able to see what it is that is in the mind of God for you. Blessings that do not add sorrow to them. Amen. Let me be very clear. There are times we go through a dry place. Many people go through it. But God is able to make a change. We sing it in a song. There is nothing he cannot do. God can reverse our situation. It begins with a change of our attitude. There you go. God wants us, he wants to teach us to create wealth. Pastor, it is the word of God. And anyone that holds on to it is going to experience that the faithfulness of God is without end. Amen. I heard what you said and, and everything you said is correct. But there's still something I'm looking for. <laughs> and that is... I agree that it's the word of God that changes our heart. All of that is true. But Dr. D, I'm just some people that hear the same word of God and say, yes, I believe, I believe. But don't do anything about it. I was there, sir. Aha. <laughs> For, uh, it's, not to, it's not something to be bragging about. I became a Christian a long while ago. And I had many things in my head I consented to them as being true. Aha. But I did not take the next step to make those truths come alive. Amen. There you go. Amen. You can believe that God is good, his mercies are without end, that he wants to bless us. We can sing that on Sunday morning, but when we go out on Monday, we throw all that to the being, trash being. But anyone that dares trust the Lord. Amen. I read somewhere, Pastor, he says, try me in this, test me. God is not afraid of being tested. Amen. He wants you to prove in your own experience, not just what people told you. When you have proved and experienced the word of God yourself, your testimony is kind of different. Amen. So it's a challenge to me, myself, and to you. In this area 
blessing. I'm not saying that is the only blessing we receive from God. Amen. But in this area of prosperity, abundant living, try God in it. Hmm. Jesus said, for this reason, I have come that you might have life and to be able to enjoy it abundantly. Try God, prove him. Until you put a seed in the ground, there is no harvest coming. Amen. But God is able to grant, even if you are in the dry season right now, God is able to bring about a season of great harvest. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Do you want to add anything to that? Yes, it's, yeah. it's, it's just to add this to it. Yeah. That if you hear the word of God, hearing alone is not enough. Amen. So you can hear all this word about, you know, everything that has gone here for weeks and all of that. If you don't put it to use, you can't own it. It is what you put to use that you own from the word of God. The word of God, like I normally say, will, is like, you know, it's like generic and customized. Hmm. All right? When you, when you read the word of God or you hear it from, you know, from this pulpit here, it's what? Generic. It's like going to start to get a generic drug. All right? It can fit anybody, it can talk to anybody, it can, you know, relate with anybody. But until you put that word to use, you cannot get an experience from it, an experience that breeds energy Amen. into whatever knowledge that you have, your own personal experience, your own personal, uh, uh, quickly, I'll just say this before I, before I stop. When David went uh, to the war front, when uh, uh, King Saul and all the Israelites, they wanted to face Goliath and all of that. Yes. The king gave him his armor and told him, go and use this armor, right? David tried it at first, but later on he said, look, this armor does not fit. I have not tested it before. There's something I have tested. It has worked for me. And what I'm saying also is until you test the word of God, it is not your own. It's very good. Very good. That's what Jesus was speaking to in John chapter 8, verse 32. He says, you shall know the truth, and the truth that you know will make you free. Remember our goal at the beginning of this series. We want to make sure that money does not rule over you, but that you rule over money. Amen. That, was the art, that was the objective. We want to give you, we want to empower you to where you can have financial freedom. It is the truth you put to work that will, put, that will make you free. In fact, James said it this way. He said, be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only. So what I'm hearing Dr. D and Pastor Larry say is that we should not just hear the word, but we should put that word we're hearing into practice. Amen. Put it into practice. It is as you practice it that you say, oh, it works. That's what the young man told me. That's what that guy came and yes. said, Pastor, yes. I put 5,000, it works. How many people heard that message that day? Maybe about Dr. Professor, you, are, you, you put it together. How many men heard the message that day when we did the uh, presentation? About 40 men? About, about 40 men? About 40 men. So my question is, how many went and put it to work? Amen. That's the difference. God is no respecter of persons. It's only a respecter of faith. Amen? Amen. Good. Move on. Yeah. Any other question in the house? Oh, all right. Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> all the way from England. Why do I hear a word like this and it seems like it is difficult to practice it? Why do I hear a word like this and it seems like it is difficult to practice it? Okay, same thing we have been uh, uh, talking about. It is just that, um, that not having a mindset that when I hear a word, I have to put it to practice. It is me getting up, lifting up myself, and say, this word, I will hear it. Or like, like Pastor said, he said, if you hear the word alone, you are a, and you're not a doer, you are deceiving your own self. Correct. All right? So the thing is not that... Uh, there's no energy in you. You have the Holy Spirit to help you. You have Absolutely. everything in you to be able to help you, to be able to do the word that you have heard. So when you hear a word like this, the thing is to practice it. Make, uh, uh, build yourself. Come from inside and tell yourself that with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to do what I have heard because it is what I have heard that's going to help me to be able to fulfill whatever the promise of God is in that place. 
And I think when you were sharing, when you did uh, those two messages, you said something that I think speaks to this very directly, and that is, start where you are. When I hear that kind of question, what I'm hearing is, when can I get like Dr. D? When can I get like, like Professor? Uh, when can I be like Dr. Kulakimola? When can I be like, uh, stop making comparisons. Amen. Use what you've got. Moses was complaining to God. Oh, God, I cannot do it. Oh, my goodness. No, I can't go to Egypt. I can't go to Pharaoh's house. What? Are you kidding me? Me, Moses? What will I use? God said, what's in your hand? So don't look for some extra, uh, for, for, for help outside of you. Elisha and the widow Amen. of Zarephath. The lady said, hey, my husband, the prophet, is dead. We're in debt. We have nothing. Elijah said, really? You have nothing? Are you sure? What do you have? Oh, I have nothing but just a small cruise of oil. Hmm. There you go. God is not looking for your much. Amen. He's looking for the largeness of your heart. Amen. With the little that you have, are you willing to trust the one who multiplies the loaves and who multiplies the fish? I said, God, I don't have much, but such as I have, I'm going to place it in your hand because I know you are Jehovah El Shaddai, the God of all sufficiency. Ambassador, just a word, if I may. And Peter said, Lord, we have fished all night and caught nothing. I can hear some reluctance in him to try again. Correct. Amen. But he said, because you have spoken so, because you have said so, I'm going to try it. The most difficult time is how do I even begin? If there is a rock here that is sitting in one place, it's difficult to move it. <laughs> but if you push it just to begin the movement, it's going to roll downhill without too much effort. The Lord has spoken. If you hear that word, launch out by faith. Amen. It's difficult to begin. But unless you start a thing, you can't finish it. Amen. Amen. That's very good. Unless you start a thing, you can't finish it. Woo! Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Yes. How do you and your spouse talk about money when you have very different views or opinion about money? Amen. You have a banker in your house. I'm going to let you answer that question. <laughs> You want to give no, it to me? Okay, you I mean, if, if, I'm sure I've, I've, we've counseled people that, comes, that come from different uh, backgrounds and different views of money, uh, but if I'm on an income, and my wife is on an income, when it comes to giving to God, I'm not going to legislate for her to do what I'm doing because like Dr. D said, there has to be, the, the Bible says the entrance of the word gives light and brings understanding. I will share with her what I've seen in the Word of God, and I will demonstrate, I will use my life and my giving for my income to demonstrate it, and so that in time, as she begins to see the result, she will get on the bandwagon. Everybody loves a winning team. Hallelujah. Amen. Two quick things. Two quick things. If I have presented nine ideas to my wife, and they were all bridges to nowhere. <laughs> when I bring the tenth idea, she is going to resist and fight. So when you are presenting an idea, please have a plan. Lay out a structure. Have some kind of homework you have done. Second quick one. <laughs> That's if my wife does not know what I'm doing, she's going to feel like a stranger. You're talking about something she cannot relate to. Wherever possible, please, please bring your partner into that great idea you just dreamt about. Let it be now a common vision. But if you think you can bulldoze your way through without your partner, being a part of what you're doing or understanding where this whole thing is going to, if you were in her position, you will resist because you don't know. You are afraid. Is this going to be another bridge to nowhere? 
When you have grown with your wife, I'm talking about relationships now. Yeah. Have a common vision. I said sometime, some time ago. <coughs> again, men, try and by the grace of God provide some form of financial leadership. Don't be ignorant of where you're going to and you expect her to follow. Amen. Let me just quickly add to that also. And um, that is the fact that as husbands and wives, we have to come to a point where we know that we have to present a common front, when it, whether it is finance or anything. Yeah. If we don't have a common front, we are opening the door to the enemy. All right? That's number one. Number two is some things take time. Don't be too much in a hurry to get your other partner to see your point of view. Because sometimes the thing is we're not patient, we're always in a haste to be able to share our idea or express our ideas. I have a friend who told me, uh, who told me sometime, he told me long ago, and that has been one of my guiding philosophies in life. He said it in Pidgin English. He said, good thing, no, they finish. In other words, there's nothing good that comes to an end. If it ends now, it's going to come up, it's going to show up in another way. In other words, what I'm trying to say is that if you are trying to get your partner to understand there's something good, there's something good, and you are not winning them over to you, you just want to force everything and force your way through, guess what? You are preparing the room for contention, for problems and issues and all of that. So one thing I would say is there's need for patience, a lot of patience. And one, another, a second thing is that we need to defer to one another. The Bible says we should submit to one another. All right? Praise God. Amen. Yeah, good morning. All right. So thank you so much uh, for excellent teaching over the weeks. Uh, we've learned a lot. Um, but my um, thing is we really don't want to be like Agile that had some talent and went and hid it in the ground. So um, we need to, um, um, we need to uh, get a little more practical. So perhaps we should consider When you say trade, you want to sell oil? Okay, let, let, let me jump on that before it answers. First of all, I want to make it clear to everybody online and those that are here that Dr. D is not a financial advisor and that everything he's saying is saying based on his experience. And yes, he has been very, very successful. But we also need to understand that past success is not a guarantee for future success. I just want to make sure that we put it all out there. So because yes, we may oblige and do a seminar not just for this church, because we're called to serve global communities. Yes. So if we do this again, I want to involve the entire community. But we want to make it clear and plain that we are not telling you we are not a money doubler. And we are not telling you that for sure by doing this, you make money or create. No. But yes, God has given him so a lot of knowledge. And I like to say transfer of that knowledge. I don't know if there's anything else you want to say to, uh, to, uh, about that, but I just want to make sure we, we give out a waiver so people understand. D disclaimer, rather. So they understand. Yes, Pastor, thank you for that clarification. Yeah. <laughs> I was very poor some time ago, <laughs> and it was difficult to make ends meet. So I started trading stock on my own. There was nobody to talk to, there was nobody to ask questions, and I lost a ton of money. Today, I'm still writing it off in my taxes. That's how much it was. So because of that, I said, anything I know, I don't want any of my brethren to go through that experience of trading as hit and miss. I don't know a whole lot. 
But anyone I know, call me even at 11 p.m. I am going to tell you what I know. I've already had people come to my home for one-hour sessions, one-on-one. -on -one. I have had people on Zoom meeting, one-on-one, -on -one, showing them the little I know. <laughs> I'm saying this just simply. I'm available. I do not know a whole lot, but the little I know, I am ever so willing to share it with anybody. Amen. So you don't make the same mistakes I made. Any opportunity we have as men or as work fund members or as community members, let us share our experiences and help one another. If you make a zillion dollars on the on stock market tomorrow, you are not taking it away from mine. There is enough out there that's, <laughs> that's, that's good. for that's everybody <laughs> to get what the Lord that's has good. Yes. out in store. But you must take a step. Amen. And you cannot be afraid and be successful in this thing. You must be cautious and tread prayerfully. If anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask, let him ask of the Lord. He will give liberally. So if there is any opportunity where we can encourage one another, this is what fellowship is all about. Amen. Full, full disclosure. I'm one of those that have been to his house two or three times <laughs> for, for mentoring. And then secondly, he said he does not know much. I just want to know one-tenth of what he knows. That's, that's all I'm asking for. <laughs> I don't need to know but but one-tenth of it. Amen. And so, Pastor Larry, uh, you guys work on the calendar, and let's make this a community event. Okay. Because we just, we, we just don't want to prosper here. We want our community to prosper. Amen. We want those that are within uh, our, uh, our oikos, yes. our area of influence, to sense and feel the same prosperity that we feel. Amen. So you guys work on it, but we have to use that disclaimer yes. very clearly, very <laughs> powerfully. Let them know this man does not work for fidelity. <laughs> Amen. Not even license. Amen. <laughs> exactly. Okay. All right. Thanks for that, Dr. Kunle. Uh, I think it's a young adult. How would you advise a young career person to focus on investment and give less until his investment starts yielding, <laughs> or to give seriously, trusting God for provisions. In summary, how do we balance giving and investing? You want to take a stab, Dr. D? How do you balance giving and investment? Giving, this is how I say giving, and again, this is my personal experience or personal understanding. If I'm a part of an organization or a body like Work Farm, I should participate in keeping Work Farm moving. Let me give you my thought. Suppose I own this building. The lights are on, heat is on, a property tax is on. There are so many things going on in this place. Mortgage is on. Mortgage is on. <laughs> Thank you. So if I own this place, will I just abandon my financial responsibility to this place? No. The house will be repossessed, even if you're a Christian owner. Amen. Why are you speaking in tongues? So, so, while you're praying and fasting. So this is my idea of giving. God has made me a blessing for myself and to others. Amen. I do not give because there's a, a register where you, you give it checked out for you. I am giving because that is how God has abundantly blessed me. Amen. That's very good. I'm going to give to work farm. I will hear on radio that Tornado has scattered one village. I don't know where the place is on the map. As a Christian steward, should I identify with those people's problem? Yes. 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 It is just a godly thing, the right thing to do. Yes. But is this a conflict? Is this an alternative? Is this a contrast with investing? No. I can wake up one day, I'm just saying hypothetically, God blesses me with so many zeros or something. I've invested. What do I do with that form? What do I do with that increase that will not have come except for God's Grace. hands on it? Mm -hmm. Listen, giving is something that we need to have a clear understanding. If you see it as a law, 
in the church I belonged to before, there was a register. Hey. They will know how much you make. They check you out. Did you pay this portion? <laughs> that is, that's a different thing. <laughs> so please, Amen. the Lord is going to bless us in Amen. this place. Amen. Amen. But let us have a liberal mind, a cheerful mind. Amen. But when money is no more controlling you, mm. you can give it out without feeling that attachment to it. It's Amen. not like I have $10. If I give out $2 now, we have only 8 you know that tomorrow you will get five more. Amen. So a clear understanding, again, as the pastor has said again and again, knowing where that blessing has come from will remove that tie that money has on us. Amen. And when we give cheerfully, just out of personal identifying with the project, Amen. it's a very different thing. It's not, it's not complicated at all. Amen. Let me just quickly add this, that we can all walk and chew gum at the same time. All right? There's, there's no, one is not an alternative to the other. Like Pastor said from the beginning, it is starting from where you are. All right? And this thing, it's a, you don't, don't look at giving and, or don't look at your investment like a sprint. It's more of a marathon. Right? So don't just think, I'm going to invest today, and the more I invest today, then I get something tomorrow, and all of that. Don't do that. You know, uh, the Bible says, uh, he that believeth shall not make haste. Amen. All right? We're going to get there where we need to get to. However, your investment should not impede you from giving. And your giving should not impede your investment. You can do both at the same time. It takes planning. Just sit down, plan, what do I give, what do I invest? And allow God to just breathe on all these things and increase your capacity. Praise Amen. God. Praise God. Good. Let's move on. <clears throat> this is another question that I think we can answer. If we don't give to get, then why should we give at all? Ah. If we don't give to get, why do we give at all? Okay, let me, let me make that clear distinction. The short answer is, we do not give to get. And let, uh, I need a minute to really explain that properly. The Bible makes it clear that God reigns on the just and unjust. Okay? So, God does not discriminate in taking care of mankind that he made in his own image and likeness. The Bible says he gives seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So, God it's not unjust when it comes to that. And if we are going to say we are new covenant believers under grace, where we believe in the finished works of Christ, then just as I did not have to earn my salvation, I cannot earn my blessing. Because prosperity, healing, peace, and all of this come as part of our redemption. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not his benefits. How he forgives my iniquities and heals my diseases. Crowns my head with tender loving kindness. Redeems my soul from destruction. Satisfies my mouth with good things. Prosperity. Okay? So I want to make it clear. We are not giving to get. However, you must understand the issue of giving. So if I'm not giving to get, why do I give? Good question. I give, and it's been talked about all day here. I give because of my relationship with God. My giving is a honor to a God in heaven who has loved me so much that he continues to heap blessings upon me regardless of who I am, regardless of myself. And when you understand that, when you understand that God, how much God loves you, how, how much God has prospered you, how much Jesus has done in going to the cross to make things available for you and I, we give out of honor. The Bible says in Proverbs 39, honor the Lord with all thy possessions and with the first fruit of all thine increase. So giving is an honor thing. If I was to go to, to the UK and I had an audience with the Queen of England and the, the protocol is I need to bring a gift, 
Will I go to the free market to buy a gift for the Queen of England, if I'm able? What would I speak of? Because I know I'm going to go see the Queen. It's a privilege. Oh, hallelujah. It is a privilege for you and I to know the Holy God of, of the universe. And when we understand the privilege and the price that God paid to make that happen, giving becomes automatic. Why? Because God himself is a giver. Amen. We are created in his image and likeness. So giving is already in the inside of you. The only things that mitigate against it are the things we learn in the earth. But giving is a part of you already now. So we give to honor God. Giving is an act of worship. If you go to 1 Chronicles chapter 29, very quickly, please. Give me 1 Chronicles 29. 1 Chronicles chapter 29. See what David did. See the way he worshiped God as he was given. Go on, go on, go on, go on, go on. Keep on going. Verses 2, 3, 4. Okay, start from verse 4. Okay, verse 4 is the way was, we, we, we are told what is given. Give me verse 10. Give me verse 10. Therefore, so in, in the verses above, we are told how much David gave. You can read that at home in 1 Corinthians chapter 29, verses 2, 3, 4, up to verse 10. We are told how much he gave. Now, you are, about to, you, are, you are about to see the commentary to that giving. Therefore, David blessed the Lord God before all the assembly. And David said, Blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. What is that? Worship. Verse 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, and the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Oh, hallelujah. I'm all, I almost want to give already as I'm, as I'm, as I'm reading this. <laughs> the spirit of giving is coming upon me right now. For all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. In other words, an acknowledgement. What I just gave to God is, is a token. Yeah. All what David just gave. David said to God, everything I just gave, as much as it was, is only a token. Why? Everything is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Go on. Both riches and honor come from you, and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand it is to make great and to give strength to all. Go on. Now therefore, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. Go on. But who I am? Who are my people? That we should be able to offer so willingly as this. For all things come from you. And, don't miss this last sentence, of your own, we have given you. Oh, glory to God. Verse 15. I can almost live on from there. Okay, that's good enough. So David here gave extravagantly, willingly, generously. But it helps us to understand why it was given. It was given as an act of worship. That is why years ago, when we were in the old building in Tucker, Dr. Handy came to teach us. And we began to implement giving while praise and worship is going on. Because that's the opportunity for you as a congregation while the music is playing, while the praise is on, while the worship is on, to get up from your seat in acknowledgement of the praise that's going up to God and to participate and to go into your pocket and say, God, I want to worship you with my substance because you've been so faithful and so good in blessing me. So we give as an act of worship. We don't give to get, we give as an honor to God as an act of our worship. There are so many scriptures. Let me go to Matthew chapter 2, because this is important. Let, let me address this, please. Matthew chapter 2. Give me verse 7. Matthew chapter 2, verse 7. Oh, my gosh. There's too many scriptures. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. This is when Jesus was born. 
And he sent them to Bethlehem, not where I live, not the Bethlehem where I live. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come to do what? And worship him also. So the context is what? Worship. Don't miss it. The context is worship. Verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till they came and stood over where the young child was. Verse 10. Here, here we go. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Verse 11. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child would marry his mother. What did they do? They fell down and worshipped him. Ah, how did they worship? Did they say, oh, praise the Lord, and then turn around? No, they worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, or it could be PayPal, Cash App, Zelle, website, Cash is still king, you <laughs> write, can write a check. When they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So right here we saw them worship the king. How did they worship the king? With a gift. Were they trying to look for something to get? No. No. This was an act of honor. An act of honor. Every time you and I give, we are honoring our living king, Jesus, the son of the living God. Amen. Amen. Oh, I've got to show you one more scripture. You should not ask that question. I'm sorry. It's your fault. <laughs> Philippians. Actually, actually, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. This is important because this is a very important question. Yes. Very important question. If God blesses us anyway, why do we give? You need to know why you give. Because once you understand why you give, no one. We don't have to get up here any longer and say it's time for offering. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Yes. If you fully, truly come to understand why we give, no one has to come to you. You're in the presence of God. You bring a gift. That is worthy. That is commensurate with his worth. Second Corinthians chapter 8. Give me verse 2. Ah, okay, that's fine. That's, that is a great trial of affliction, abundance of their joy, their deep poverty. Now, I'm reading this because of the question that we heard earlier that talked about where do I, uh, why is it hard to start? Because some, some of us feel like, okay, I don't have enough. Where can I start? The Macedonian church was in deep poverty. Yes. The Macedonian church in the New Testament were poor. But they did not stand on the sidelines because they were poor. Now, they have come to understand the significance of the finished work of Christ. Amen. And therefore, even in their deep poverty, they abounded in the riches of their liberality. Verse 3. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, don't miss this next sentence, and beyond their ability, Oh, 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 oh. They were freely willing. Go on. Imploring us with much urgency. Ah, man. This scripture is so, it's so convicting. If you understand what these guys are saying. Well, Paul, don't look down our poverty. This is where we are today. But we are trusting God that by honoring this God, our state will change. Amen. Therefore, don't look down upon us. Please take our gift because we want to connect our gift with the giver of all gifts. That's what I was saying. Employers with much urgency. Not just say, please take our gift. You know how when you want to give some people something, you are praying that they don't get it? They don't take it from you? Revelation wants to give something. She's praying that we will not take it. These guys are not like that. With much urgency. We will tear your shirt if you don't take it. <laughs> that you receive the gift and the fellowship of ministering to the saints. Mm. Verse 5. And not only as we had hoped. This is what Dr. D 
and Pastor Larry spoke about. But they first gave themselves to the Lord, their heart. Their heart. Their heart was right with God. And that's what really sanctified their gift. Revelation, I know this. I know time is gone, but please let me explain it. So, so give me 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. This is the scripture that really, at least even for me in the past, that normally would mess me up about give to get. Look at what Paul said. But this I say. Now, this is an apostle speaking now. Yes. This is not just a bishop, an apostle. <laughs> but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. That scripture implies that I control what I get. Hello? Yes. Can you guys see that? Yes. Because what I sow determines what I get. Yes. But look at verse 7. So, that word so ties this verse to the previous one. Yes. So, let each one give as he purposes in his heart. How do I purpose? I'm going to go see the king. That's how I'm purposing. I'm about to enter the presence of the majestic, glorious king. That's my purpose. Not grudgingly. Like Dr. G just explained. Bring out the ledger. Did you pay your tithe in uh, December last year? If your father died, we won't bury him in this village. <laughs> Not grudgingly. Of necessity. If you guys don't give, lives will be torn out. We're going out of business. Put a guilt trip on you so you can give. No! Because if you don't give it, it will be irresponsible on your part. But God will raise up someone from far. Hallelujah to the glory of God. We'll get the job done. If God calls the job to work. So we don't give grudgingly or of necessity. Why? For God loves a cheerful giver. Relationship. It's all about relationship. So this verse 7 cancels out verse 6. Now, the law of sowing and reaping is in effect. I'm not taking that away. I'm just saying to you that where it comes to you and I in the New Testament, we give as an act of honor to God. We give on the basis of our relationship to God. We give because we worship God in our giving. There's another scripture. I won't let you turn to it. Let me paraphrase it because some people are rolling their eyes on me. In Deuteronomy chapter 16, in verse 16, the Bible says, three times a year, your males shall come before me in the feast of Passover, feast of Pentecost, and feast of Tabernacles. But they shall not come empty-handed. Verse 17 says, they shall give as the Lord your God as prospered or blessed them. So that's where, we, that's where Paul got it from. Yeah. In 1 Corinthians 16, verse 2, he says, lay it aside and give it as the Lord God has prospered. So the issue for all of us is, if I'm going to honor God, if I'm going to worship God in my giving, I have to ask myself, how has God prospered me? Amen. What has he done for me? If God has not done anything for me, then maybe, maybe it's not worthy of my blessing, of my, of, my, of my gift. But if God keeps me breathing, keeps my senses still on in my head, I can still walk. I have favor, I have family, you have a job, you have all kinds of things ahead of you. If God has blessed you, then God is saying, to the degree that I've done so, partner with me so I can touch others so they can also enjoy what you're enjoying. Amen. It took me a long time, but I landed. We answered it. Yeah. Yeah. We answered that. Um, Facebook question. Is financial freedom achievable without proper understanding and planning of debt management? 
talk some more about buying in dispensation of grace and giving in percentage wrong. Okay, let me make sure I understand the question. Can I, stick, can I talk more about what? Tithing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Giving your tithe in disposition of grace and giving a percentage wrong. Okay, so you do not tithe in the disposition of grace. Because tithing under the Old Testament came with a curse. And Galatians chapter 3 tells us, verse 13 and 14, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse. From the curse, okay? So, so, uh, we, we do not have to tithe under grace. We give under grace. We give gracefully. We give grace giving. That's what we do under grace. What's the other part of the question? Given percentage. Oh, yeah, you can give in percentage. You can give 10%, 20%. I spoke to a friend of mine a couple of days ago. He's given 60%. Dr. Pasolani told us of Rick Warren that gives 90%. You can give in percentages all day long. It doesn't matter. You can give in percentages, yes. What we are just saying, the obligation and the mandate under the law that if you don't tithe, you'll be cursed. That you must give in order to get. That you must tithe in order to be blessed. All of that is totally taken away. It's not true. So in New Testament, we don't call it tithing. We say we, agree, we give offerings or we do grace giving. And there are many people in this congregation, let me just say this. That's talking to me in various ways, and you see you keep on using the word term tithe, tithe, tithe. Please take this as final correction. <laughs> Under this dispensation, we do not subscribe to tithing. We do grace giving. God enables us by his grace to give hilariously, cheerfully, and generously. That's what we do. I mean, it's, it, it's been answered. I mean, it's been, it's been answered. In practice, it just means just do what you can do where you are. That's what it is. Financial stewardship just means you are a manager of God's resources and whatever God has. I want to, before, before I quickly finish, I want to go back to the story of, you know, the talents and all of that, where uh, when Jesus was dealing with all three guys, he dealt with them according to their abilities. And so God is not asking you for more than what you can do or more than what he has enabled you to do. In the enablement that he has enabled you, if you stand up to do whatever you need to do, that's very good. then you are really practicing financial stewardship scripturally on a scriptural way. And that's all that that looks like. That's, that's very good. Good. Let's just pray for our congregation. Amen. And for all of those who may have connected with us uh, through streaming, online, or whatever device, or whenever you're going to get this message. Our heart at WorkFine is to see you financially empowered, to see you come out of the struggle of day-to-day-to-day-to-day struggle over money. Amen. But that will only come to pass as you take heed to the things that God has given us. So let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the abundance of revelation that you brought to us from Dr. D, from Pastor Larry, and from myself. We thank you, my Lord and God, that the seed of your word has been sown. Yes. And our prayer is that this seed will bring forth a hundredfold return in the hearts of the hearers. That their hearts are good soil, good ground for the seed of your word to grow. That they will be forever delivered from the bondage of poverty Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. From the bondage of never having enough. From the bondage of lack. We come against that spirit in the name of Jesus. We declare abundance Amen. over everyone and every man and every woman, every child in the name of Jesus. Amen. The God Jesus died. He was buried and rose again from the dead. That we, according to you, you say you delight in the prosperity of your servants. And so, Lord, we receive that prosperity for everyone who desires it in the name of Jesus. Amen. And God, we recognize the need and the purpose for the prosperity. Not to squander on useless material things. But God, to partner together with you for the advancement 
of the kingdom of God in the nations of the earth. Yes. And so, Father, we thank you. We bless you for promotion, for favor, for increase, for wealth creation. We thank you for multiplication of the seed that's been sown. And even those that we sow in a few minutes, God, multiply the seed sown back unto them. We thank you. We honor you. We bless your name now and forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much.